Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to see you all. Um, as Kim said right at the beginning, we, we've been on this journey over the last few years of becoming one church in many places. So it does mean that we have people meeting in Staines right now, which is amazing. So uh, we, we've just really sensed the Lord kind of leading us. Um, there are a number of people already in that area um, and we just really want to better reach those in that area that don't yet know Jesus. So to start with, um, they'll be meeting on the second and the fourth Sundays of each month. The big launch Sunday for Staines is two weeks today. They're having a bit of a pre-launch today, just trying to make sure all the important things work, you know, like the sound and the tech and the Wi-Fi and the coffee, of course, as well. All the important things, just trying to make sure those all work. Um, now, you may not be part of the Stain site, and well, maybe you're here, you're here in Feltham, so you're here, but we all are part of one church, and so we just want to invite you to support and to, in, in a couple of ways, all that's going on. So the first way is by um, delivering a whole bunch of flyers on the next two Saturdays. So that's Saturday the 30th of April, and then Saturday the 7th, uh, 7th of May. Um, that's about 10.30 till noon in Staines, and we'll just be um, taking whoever. So it doesn't matter whether you're part of Feltham, you're um, part of Staines or whatever, you can be part of that. Um, so you can sign up for that at the area at the back there, um, or you can go onto the What's On page on the website. We'd love to see you down there. I think they're meeting outside the Elmsley Centre at about like 10.30. So if that's something you want to be part of, we'd love you to do that. The second thing is to pray, and we can all be praying wherever we are. We just, we're just so excited about what the Lord's doing. Um, but especially next Thursday, we've got our Kingdom Come monthly prayer meeting. Um, that's online next week. Um, we, you come and be a part of that. We'll, we'll pray for them and some other stuff going on in the life of the church as well. Um, but can we just take a moment to pray for them right now? So, um, Lord, Lord, we thank you so much for everyone who's gathering in stains right now. We pray, Lord, for all the, all the things that might not work. We pray that they would work. We pray for um, decent connection. We pray for the ability to pour hot water, all those kind of things, all the things that they might be worrying about. I pray that everything would work. Um, and for, for more than that, we, we just want to pray for all those in stains and the surrounding area, those that might be impacted by, uh, by our presence there. And Lord, I want to pray, we know that you've gone there already, and we pray that people would be drawn to you as we take this obedient step. We ask that you would bless them and bless the surrounding area. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, this morning is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going to take a quick dive into the life of Moses um, in Exodus 18 in just a moment. Um, before we hear some exciting developments, so we've got Andy is going to be uh, appearing via video, um, and we've got some insights from Rick as well, who's, a, uh, who's one of our founding pastors, along with his wife, Lulu. Um, but just let me set the context of Exodus 18. If you've got a Bible, you might want to grab one. The words will come up behind me. Um, but Moses is, is, is leading the two and a half million people of Israel right now. So there's a lot of people, and he's a busy man. He's so busy, in fact, that he sent his wife and his children back to his in-laws. That's not a good sign, is it? He's got so much on his plane that he, plate that he has no time to be um, a good dad or a good husband. Now, if you get so busy that you have to send your spouse and your kids away, you know that something is not right, okay? 
But Jethro, Jethro is the kind of hero of what we're about to read. He's Moses' father-in-law, and he is just having none of this. And he brings his daughter and his grandsons right back to Moses. Now, rather than just sort of like, you know, plonking them in front of Moses and uh, saying, I'm off, what he does is he spends some time with Moses. He um, talks with him. He shares food. And in verse 9, we read um, this, this verse. We said, Jethro was delighted to hear all the good things the Lord had done for Israel. And so there's that sense of just like they're just sharing stories with one another in this place. And we're going to pick things up from verse 13 of um, Exodus 18. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you um, turn to that with me? The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. Remember, this is two and a half million people. And they stood round him from morning until evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen to me, and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. We're going to leave it there. These are really wise words from, from Jethro, aren't they? And, and Moses goes on to do everything that Jethro suggests. But if we take it back to the beginning of this chapter, Things weren't going well for Moses, were they? And then Jethro says to him in verse 17, what you are doing is not good. That is quite a message, isn't it? If someone tells you that, let alone the father of your wife, I mean, that carries a lot of weight, doesn't it? Moses, we read in verse 14, is working from morning to night. He's burning the candle at both ends. He's tired. He's trying single-handedly to fulfill the needs of more than two million people, which perhaps puts some of our own challenges into perspective. And of course, he has no time for anyone close to him, especially not his wife and his kids, which is just, yeah, really hard, isn't it? So I wonder, maybe you're sat here this morning and maybe you resonate a little bit with Moses' scenario, not the two and a half million people, but you know, there are, there are responsibilities that we have. Some of us perhaps have no choice. Maybe we need to work two, three jobs. But maybe you're over busy. Getting enough rest. Maybe you're pushing away the ones that you love. And maybe you're trying to do everything in your own strength. Or perhaps you resonate more with, um, with Moses' wife, Zipporah. I think that's how you pronounce it. 
She's having someone, in, someone so close to her in her life who's neglecting her, who is neglecting those closest to her as well. And that must be really hard. And I'm sure maybe some of us find ourselves in that situation. But Jethro, Jethro in his years of wisdom, he has a pretty good idea of how things are going to go down. In verse 17, he says, you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. So as I, said this mo- uh, as I said earlier, this morning is going to be a little bit different. I'm just going to share three lessons from the life of Moses uh, before we hear some exciting developments from Andy and some helpful insights from, from Rick, our founding pastor, as well. So, so what can we learn from Moses? Or maybe more accurately, what can we learn from Jethro's wisdom? The first thing I think is about getting our priorities in order. You know, if we want to do well in life, it's so important that we put our priorities in the right place. You see, Moses has really good motives, and sometimes we find ourselves doing really good things, but he's putting work and obligation above everything else, including his own family. Leadership expert Stephen Covey, he once said um, that the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. And I personally have found that really helpful. I don't know if you've heard of that um, experiment um, with, um, about, um, about putting the big rocks in first. So a professor, he's in front of a class of, of students. He lays out um, a pile of sand, a pile of gravel, some stones and some big rocks and some kind of jar, glass container. And so he asks, how can all these components get into this glass container? And the reply was kind of a resounding, well, they, they can't. There's, there's not enough room for them. But slowly, the professor puts in the big rocks first, then he puts the stones in, then he puts the gravel, and then he puts the sand in, in that order. And they all went in. You know, and I think for us, that's a really good analogy for us. It's about putting the important things in first. What are the big rocks in your life? What are the things that you need to put in first to make sure you don't miss out on the big things. The reality is, if like Moses, if we don't do that, some of the important things, moments, people will pass us by or even move on. If we want to do well in life, we need to put God first. Or as Jesus puts it, seek first the kingdom of God. So that, for me, that means starting each day in God's presence. And I believe that as we do that, we start to see real change in our life. Engaging with the Bible, bringing worship into your every day. Maybe it's playing worship music in the car or at home or on your headphones. When we do that, it changes the atmosphere. It changes us. As we invite God's presence into everything that we do. Secondly, prioritizing family and loved ones. In other words, don't do what Moses did. So if you find yourself putting work or others above your loved ones, then we're getting it wrong. Family has got to come first. And start the week right. Start it on a Sunday by being part of a church service. It's so good to have you here this morning. As we gather together, we draw closer to Jesus. We grow in faith together. 
We get to know other people. We get to know, and those closest to you will begin to see a difference in your life. So can I make a suggestion this morning? Why not put church in your diary, in your calendar? Make it a habit. Don't allow something else to come up instead. Make it one of those big rocks. And then the other things can fall into place. Your work, exercise, everything else that you want to do. And I think this is how we flourish in life, by identifying what those big rocks are and then putting those in place first. The second lesson I want to pull out from Moses Moses in this chapter is by allowing ourselves to be led. So we've seen Moses struggling on his own, but with the wisdom and input of Jethro, he started to make some better decisions, didn't he? Verse 15, we also see that the people of Israel came to Moses to seek God's will. They came to the one who was leading them. Now, to live and lead healthily, I believe it's important that we involve those who lead us and thus allowing ourselves to be led, especially in those important moments in our lives. I think so often the danger is we come to a big decision of what we're going to do, where we're going to live, what job we're going to take, things like that. We base it sometimes on how we feel in a moment, on what we think God might be saying, and not actually involving those around us who lead us. So when we're facing big decisions in life around jobs, relationship, moving location, let's involve rather than inform those who are leading us. You know, those who are leading us can bring such an important perspective. But more than that, it's important that we honor those who lead us. So even if you're a CEO in your own company or the leader of a church, we all need to be led and to allow ourselves to be be held account for our own actions. When it goes wrong, it tends to go very wrong. We only have to read the, the news to see that. In the lives of individuals, maybe people around you, you recognize that. In business, even in church, there are so many stories of people who haven't um, been led as well as leading, where people have gone their own way. So if you're facing a big decision, of course, talk to family and friends, but don't just talk to them. Bring Bring it to a pastor. Bring it to a small group leader. Bring it to someone who's leading you. Ask them what they think. Ask them to pray. Ask them to listen to God for you. Involve those who are leading you and allow yourself to be led. It's good for us, but it's also good if we're leading for those that we lead. When we do that, we're more likely to make smarter decisions. And the third thing we learn from this, I just want to pull out, is that everybody gets to play. It's something we talk about a lot in the vineyard at this church. So when Moses finally got it right, it was because he involved others. You know, by releasing leadership to those much closer to the people and to the problems. There was no way that Moses could have meaningful relationship or influence over so many people. Um, The leadership expert, John Maxwell, he once said that leadership is not about titles, positions, or flowcharts. It is about one life influencing another. I really love that. It's about one life influencing another. And I think when we begin to understand leadership in that way, it's easier to recognize that we all lead in some way. We all have some kind of influence over someone else, whether it be in the home, 
uh, with our friends in the church or in a workplace. You see, good leadership, I think it is vital to a healthy community. And so good Christian leadership released into the places where we go, so where we're working in our homes and all these places. You know, we long to see good leaders released into business, into education, into healthcare, into government, into all these places. You know, I love it when someone comes up to me and says, hey, I've got a promotion or I'm doing really well in the workplace. It's so great to see that and to see the influence that we, the godly impact that we can have on those around us. But it's also important within the church. And so one of the things that we do value so highly at Riverside is that everyone gets to play. It's all about ordinary people like you and me doing extraordinary things. So um, there's a guy called Jay Pathak. He's the national director of Vineyard in the USA. And he says, the goal of the Vineyard has always been to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You know, we long to see every one of us equipped, all playing our part in building God's kingdom here on earth, in every area of our lives, in and out of the church. So I just want to share about some of the opportunities that are coming up here at Riverside. Firstly, as I've said before, I'm so excited about what's going on in Staines, but I'm staying here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in Feltham. And and what's happening in Staines means that there are a whole range of opportunities for people to step up and to grow. So on Sundays, if you're not already part of a team, I just want to encourage you today to join a team. So this morning, I got in about 8.30, and I realized that that some things hadn't happened because some people weren't here. And so there are gaps. And so it meant that even with my crutches, I had to move around about 10 tables, which is not very good for me. And I say that not for you to, you know, to kind of give me any kind of sympathy. What I say, I say that because there are opportunities. There are opportunities for us all to serve. So if you are not part of a team, I just really want to encourage you to take that step today. So the way it works at Riverside is once a month, you can be part of a team, Okay. And the three other weeks of the month, others get to serve you. I think that's quite a good deal. I think that works pretty well. And so if you're not part of a team already, you can go to the back and you can, there's a, there are cards available at the back, or you can go, I think there's a webpage behind me there. So you can go to that webpage at any time and sign up or talk to one of us and we will help you find a team that you can be part of. Now, I also want to share about our Compassion Centre You know, I just really sense that we are on the cusp of something quite incredible here. You know, compassion has always been part of our DNA, but it it feels like the Lord is blessing us as we bless those around us. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we had our first Passion Centre Day, and, um, and it was amazing just to gather all the different teams together. Um, And I, you know, I would love many of us to be part of this. It's such an incredible thing. There is so much need in our community right now. um, And I think it's so incredibly difficult for many of us. You know, we find it really hard. We know that the costs are going up, don't we? And, um, And lives are being changed as a result of that. And so there is, there is more difficulty to come. But I believe that there is more that we can do and there's more that we can do to respond to those around us. So I just want to mention a couple of things this morning. The Job Club, 
This is something we have run once. We're about to run a second course later in May. We started with 10 people. Five people finished the course, and three of those have already got work. That's, that's really amazing, isn't it? The Money Advice Center, so I see Kim on the front row here. Kim's overseeing our Money Center, Advice Center, and we've started seeing people already, haven't we? And so that is opening up. So providing debt advice and trying to help people in difficult situations with their finances. Um, Storehouse is feeding more people than it ever has in its history. So we've been running since 96, I think. We have never had to feed so many people as we do right now. But we are doing some incredible things here. And I just want to quickly want to show you what happened this week in the opening of our new shop. So. Isn't that incredible? So we've gone from giving out bags of food to allowing our clients to come and choose items from the shelves for themselves. So thank you uh, to Karen, who was here a bit um, earlier, to Shabnam and to Tati and all the team that have been part of that, making that work. But, you know, the need is growing and we need more of us to step up. One of the things we want to do is open another day. Um, and, and the reality is that people are going to go hungry if we can't open up enough. And so we'd love you to be a part of this. Um, it Maybe you can't help on a weekday. Maybe you could help on a Saturday morning or maybe even an evening. Could you be a part of that? Now, there are some cards on your seats um, that say, um, I think, storehouse on there. When you grab those, just check those are there for me. I think they're around. I think I can see some. Just wave at me. Yeah, brilliant. So if you could be a part of that, we would love you to come and serve. And whether you, it might be a Wednesday, it might be another day that you can do. Just write the name of the day that you could be a part of. Fantastic. Now we are going to show some other things that are coming up, some exciting things. So I'm going to hand over to Andy on the video. I think we're going to show that, I think we've got enough time to show the long version. Um, and then um, there's a few little thoughts from Rick as well afterwards. Great. Hi everyone, so sorry that I can't be with you in person today. As many of you will know, we're getting ready to launch a new site in Staines. So I'm down in Staines today with Bethan, uh, getting ready for the public launch of the site on the 8th of May. Uh, just an aside, if you live in Staines or the surrounding area or know that people do, we would love you or them to join us on the 8th of May. I want to share some exciting news with us today about how we at Riverside Vineyard and more widely in vineyard churches in the UK and Ireland, how we're training and developing leaders. Leadership development is a journey through which we grow and we learn. For me, as I reflect, my leadership journey started in the Cubs and then a lot of steps since then. If we're on a journey, one of the things that really helps us is a clear pathway. And so on this next slide, this is our leadership development pathway. 
It starts with Riverside Vineyard Essentials and our Introduction to Leadership course. We run each of those twice a year. And the aim of those to equip people to start leading a small group or a team in the life of our church. The next stage on the pathway is something new. Vineyard Leadership Essentials is a two-year training program resourced by Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland. We're going to run it here at Riverside Vineyard starting this autumn. It's one evening a month, nine sessions a year for two years. It's going to run on Tuesday evenings of our small group rest week. So there's space in our diaries. It covers things like vision and calling, communication, spiritual and emotional capacity and multiplication. If you are leading anywhere in the life of our church, this is for you. It's incredibly important that we keep learning and growing and taking hold of the future that Jesus has for us. So for more details and to sign up, simply go to riversidevineyard.com forward slash leadership pathway. If you're leading, you want to find out, explore leadership, this is for you. We would love you to be a part of that. The next stage on the pathway is also new and it's confidential. There's a big announcement at the Vineyard Leaders Gathering next week on the morning of Friday the 27th of April. It's the session before the coffee break, so around about 10 o'clock. If you feel the Lord may be calling you to plant a church or pastor a site or join a church staff team or to be a succession pastor when senior pastors of a Vineyard Church retire, I'd love you to do two things. Firstly, ensure that you connect with the Vineyard Leaders Gathering next week, especially that Friday morning session. And secondly, would you come along to exploring planting and pastoring? It's on Sunday the 29th of May after 11th hour 11.15 service. There's going to be pizza. You can sign up online to indicate that. We're going to share more detail about the next steps for you in this pathway and give space so that you can share what you sense the Lord doing in your life. There's then a whole load of support for those who do want to plant or pastor. There's theology training, launch training, coaching and mentoring. We're super excited by all of this. We long to see great leaders raised up who would serve the local church and who would serve their local community. And so we're excited by the potential that Jesus has put into every one of us and we'd love to see that grow and develop and see more of Jesus's life released in us and through us. Before I hand back to Rob, I'd love you just to listen to a quick chat that I had with Rick Williams a few weeks ago. Rick and Lulu are the founding pastors of this church. Uh, they planted it back in 1988. I'd love you to listen to what Rick shares about his leadership journey. And at the same time, would you open your hearts to the Holy Spirit and to what he is wanting to say to you in this moment? So, Rick, how did you know the Lord was calling you into pastoral leadership? Um, great. Probably the first, first thing I'd, I'd want to say is that, um, you know, call, calling is about God getting our attention. I mean, someone calling to us. So, yeah. uh, and, and I've got to say that I still get blown away by 
just the reality that God wants to speak to me about my little life, which is what calling is, is, is all about. How, how, how he spoke uh, to me about uh, pastoral ministry was in a number of different ways, which all then, you know, coalesced. But the, the, the one particular thing, um, one that I want to maybe mention was that on this occasion, um, I heard God speak um, very powerfully through a, um, through a friend, through a friend, a, a, a guy who had sort of taken me as a young guy uh, under his wing and uh, was really discipling me. And I just thought the world of him and he was just fantastic. And I remember one evening after a, a youth meeting, we were sitting talking, he and I, and he just turned to me and said, drop this bombshell. I said, Rick, I really think that you need to begin thinking and praying about training for um, pastoral ministry. Wow. And um, my immediate reaction was, who, me? <laughs> you know, it was like, um, there must be some mistake. You, you know, that, all, all those kinds of things. Wanting to, wanting to push it away, wanting to disregard it. Don't you know, you know, I am a sinful man, oh Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, and, and actually, I think that that maybe was, you know, maybe that is a part, an important part of that sense of calling. I mean, rather, maybe it's a better response than thinking we can do God a favor and saying, oh, yeah, here yeah. am I. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, yeah that's amazing. Really, that's re really helpful. And then just following, just quickly, why did you plant this church? And then Riverside, well, that, that was another aspect of, of calling, which came some time after I'd gone through a training process and, and so on. And on this occasion, similar to, to the, the first sense of calling, it was sort of confirmed by a whole number of things. But, but particularly for Lulu and myself, um, it came through the scriptures. Um, and it was one of those occasions where a scripture one day just leapt off the page and it completely, um, I, I completely left behind all my um, hermeneutical, um, you know, rules and principles. And I just thought, this is God speaking to us. Mm. And uh, it was 2 Kings uh, 1929, uh, which, which says this, um, and this will be the sign for you this year, eat what grows by itself. The second year, what springs from that. And the third year, sow, reap, and plant vineyards. And, um, it, you know, the, 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 the kind of prophecy goes on to talk about, you know, it will take root below, it will bear fruit above. And then this crucial bit, which just absolutely gripped us, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we looked at each other, Lulu and myself, and we said, well, if, if, if that's what God is saying to us by his spirit now, because we've been seeking him about this over a long period of time, um, if he will accomplish it, then that's, you know, what, what can we do but hold up our hand and say, yes, you know, absolutely, this is what we want to do. And I, I, think, I think for, for, for me, the... There's a wonderful line in, um, in a worship song by Andy Park that says, um, 
nothing I do, Lord. You know, we can do all kinds of things. We can get called to, you know, plant churches and to do this and that. But nothing I do can take the place of drawing near to you. And I think, and I think that for us, that has been the big key that, and I know it's a life, you know, a life kind of journey of, of trying to prevent anything we do taking the place of drawing near to Jesus. Wonderful. Rick, thank you. Bless you. Okay. Wonderful. That's really helpful, I think. Just, I love the wisdom that Rick brings. So much, so good. So, so let me just um, very quickly just talk you through those slides again. I think that they'll come up again. The first thing to mention is introduction to leadership. So if you've never done that and you think you might want to lead at some point, that is something that we run here. So Beth and Andy and myself run that. Um, that happens twice a year. So the next one I think is happening pretty soon. So, um, so do have a look. I think you can... All the details are there on the leadership pathway. Um, the second thing um, is around exploring planting and leadership. Just want to mention that. So that's happening on the 29th of May. If you think that's something that could be you, we'd love to invite you along to that. I think Andy's uh, sorting lunch out and everything, so you can be a part of that. Um, and, then, um, and then there's Vineyard Leadership Essentials as well. So, um, so I think this, this is a, an amazing thing. So if you are leading somewhere, um, and then this is a great thing that's going to be run over two years. Um, just really intentional, kind of really, really good quality material that's going to help you, not just within the church, but actually will really help you wherever you might be leading as well. So we'd really love you to be a part of that. So... We would love to take some time to respond now. I love the words of that song that, um, that, Andy, uh, that Rick mentioned, nothing I can do can take the place of drawing near to you. And so we're just going to take some time now just to intentionally draw near to him. The Bible tells us that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. <laughs>